Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello, party people. Howdy, howdy. Excited to be coming to you today from the podcast studio. Yeah. In Capel. It is a it is kind of a studio that we got going here. It I is. like it. I like it. We so we're jumping into our series on the sacraments. We haven't done a series since the mass, and uh, a lot of people liked the series on the mass because it gave some nuances to um, the mass and how to just be able to pray it, live it out more, all of that. And so, um, yeah, we're jumping into the sacraments. So mm. there's seven sacraments in spoiler. the Catholic... Spoiler alert. <laughs> In case we have any new listeners, seven sacraments in the Catholic Church. Um, and today we're starting at the beginning, baptism. Okay, baptism. Yeah, so um, typically, you know, let's toss out some things that a lot of people may know, may not know, um, but just setting some um, just parameters for this discussion. Sound good? Yeah. So baptism, typically um, done as an infant, desired to be done as an infant, right? And the reason that we baptize a child is to remove original sin, right? To baptize them, to enter, have them enter into, you know, as adopted sons and daughters of God, um, to be invited into the family of God, to remove that, to um, instill the Holy Spirit into them that will be confirmed in confirmation, um, and so baptism is a beautiful rite. I've obviously, I've seen five of my children baptize and, mm. um, obviously that plays a big role and impact for me as a parent. And I want to start from a view as a parent that I often talk to Protestants about that when baptism comes up and they say, it doesn't make sense to baptize a baby. And because most Protestants would say, Hey, like you're not allowing them to choose whichever, whatever faith they want, right? You're just saying, Mm -hmm. you have to do this, right? And usually what I say back to a parent, and I don't know if you ever encounter this as well as a priest, but I usually say back, and it's like, well, tell me this, like, say you're, you know, five-year-old son or daughter, they're getting ready for kindergarten or first grade, and it's like, I don't want to go to school, right? It's like, well, we want you to go to school. We want you to like we're going to take you to school because we want you to learn and we want what's best for you, right? To develop that education, that knowledge, mm-hmm. all of that. Like why well, I don't let my kid eat sand for dinner, right? Because like <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, kids like to eat weird things. <laughs> True story. So, um, you know, because I care about them. I want them to have like nutrition in their life, all these things, right? Same thing is if we know the reason why we do it, the removal of original sin, sin equals death, right? This separation from God. Why would you hold a child back mm-hmm. from having that wiped away? Like any parent who, which I believe those other parents love their children. I really do. But I think it's just not being able to see that fullness of truth of like, why do we do it though? It's not to say, <clears throat> oh, because I like the teachings or the music or this church, right? Mm-hmm. It's for the removal of original sin. Why would you not do that the moment you can as a parent for your child? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, so and, that's and, where I want to start. 
that's a good place to start. Um, yeah, in fact, along those same lines, like I, I'm not saying like change our practices in the West necessarily, but I really like in the East how they have that same mindset of like, why wait? And so they just go for it. Like when you're, <laughs> when you're baptized, you're also confirmed or chrismated is the term that they use. And you receive first communion <laughs> yeah, as an infant. I love and it. And it's such a different uh, practice than we have in the West, where in the West it's like, well, to receive communion, you have to discern that this is the body and blood. Um, and so you need to have reached the age of reason and mm-hmm. made a confession right. because now you're at the age of reason, you know what right and wrong is and you can choose those freely. So that means that you can sin. So you want to have actual sins that you're dealing with now and not just um, stain of original sin. Right. So like, I, I mean, all, all of that's good, but, but I really like that logic of why wait? Like if this is the greatest good um, in the world, uh, being plunged into God's own life and becoming a member of his family, then why would we wait? That's, that's what wait? baptism means, by the way, is uh, plunging or immersion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought ba- you were about to say, why wait? That's what oh, it means. Why wait? Like, yes. What? That's literally <laughs> I've what never, it means. I've never heard that in my sacraments class. <laughs> the literal meaning <laughs> in Greek is, is why, why wait? wait? Why wait? Baptizo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, and there's a, a beautiful, like just the effects of baptism. Uh, one of the classic verses for it is Romans 6, 4, uh, which it is if, so St. Paul says, <laughs> yeah, was which really maybe I was trying to Bible. look down and find it. I looked it up really. Um, Therefore, we have been baptized, <laughs> worthless. Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Like we've been buried with Christ mm. through our baptism. That's again, that's the symbolism of like a full immersion baptism, mm-hmm. which you don't have to do. It's not our normal practice in the West. Right. Um, but it is a beautiful sign. Um, actually, <laughs> I have a whole, yeah, a uh, whole story about that maybe for a different time, but um, but we've been buried with Christ. This is a 14 part series <laughs> yeah. coming two for Get each, ready. two for each sacrament. And then oh, maybe I thought 14 a third. just on baptism. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But I mean, even at, at St. Peter's there's the baptismal font off on the, the left. Um, as soon as you walk in, uh, St. Peter's in, in Rome. Um, and that baptismal font is an, an upside down, like, uh, coffin cover basically i can't think of the word for it um but like the the marble thing that you would put around a coffin for someone who is very very important this is made of that right. that sort of royal porphyry um kind of kind of deep red maroon um color that was indicative of, of right. kings um like it's that it's this thing that you use for death but now it's been flipped over and then you fill it with water. And so we're, we're baptized, we're sort of buried down into that death of Christ so that we might rise with him to, and walk with him in newness of life. Um, if that's what we believe baptism is, then... Then why um, wouldn't we do it? Then why wouldn't we do it? And why don't we make a bigger deal of it? Exactly. Um, now let's jump into um, every sacrament has a form and matter, right? Indeed. 
something that you need. So this is a fairly easy one. I could even say it and you can test me on this one. Let's see if I get it right, right? The form is I baptize you in the name of the, and their name. I, mm -hmm. you know. Whoa, I just Whoa. muted myself. That was weird. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. While pouring water is the matter, right? So you need water. At a minimum, right, if somebody was in a case of an emergency, you need that form and you need water, correct? Yes. Okay. It has to be true water. True water. Um, <laughs> Special water. Do you say amen? I don't, I'm actually... I'm having a doubt about that. It would, I liked, you know, saying, I've heard saying priests amen. say amen when they've baptized my child. It certainly would, but I don't know if, it. right, that wouldn't, no, validate or invalidate it, right? No, no, not, not at all. But I don't know if it's actually part of the thing. I'm trying to look for it, but I'm not looking in the right place. Uh, let me give you the canonical definition of there baptism when I find it again. Because I was looking around for some of that. Okay. Baptism. This is in Canon 849. Mm. For those following at home. Baptism, the gateway to the sacraments, and necessary for salvation by actual reception or at least by desire. There's a lot there to unpack. Is validly conferred only by a, a washing of true water with the proper form of words. Through baptism, men and women are freed from sin. These are the effects. Freed from sin, reborn as children of God, and configured to Christ by an indelible character, something that can't be erased. They are incorporated into the church through baptism. Mm. So, yeah, it's pretty good. There's a lot there. I'd There's a lot there. Any, any general reflections before we get to the right? Yeah. So it says the gateway of the sacraments. Um, that's already something mm. something very important, uh, sometimes called the gateway to heaven. Jesus talks a lot about the necessity and, and the importance of being baptized, and it's because he alone um, is our, our passage to heaven, and through baptism we share in his life. Um, it says that, uh, oh, where's the passage? Um, it's in the Gospel of John. I think it's when he's talking to Nicodemus. Mm. In like John 3, um, he says only only the one who has ascended into heaven will descend from heaven. Or maybe it's flipped the other way. But the idea is like it's, it's only through Christ. Um, and baptism is the way that we are joined to Christ in his life. Now it says... By actual reception or at least by desire. So actual reception, we know um, that this is, uh, you know, the the washing mm -hmm. with with true water. So true water means not like Gatorade and not like spit. Right. Because um, it's not water. Mm. Uh, but baptism with water. Yeah. Um, and with the proper form of words. Uh, but literally but, a <clears> drop <throat> could work. Right, like yeah, say you're in an emergency yeah. situation, you're, you and know, you only you know, had one, precisely one drop you of know, water, or I don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah, something. Think, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, you, you don't need a lot. Yeah, um, but it is supposed to be a washing, right, to signify right. that. Um, yeah, 
or at least by desire. That's a really big thing. I know a lot of people can get, uh, can immediately think of family members or friends. Mm -hmm. They know that have not been baptized um, and say, well, they're, they're very good people. So are you just saying that that's it? That's the line right there. And that's, that's where the church has this, this understanding of what it means to be baptized by desire. And there's also an implicit baptism by desire as a, a possible category. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is like, just to cut to the end of that very long discussion, um, is that this is the way that Christ has revealed to us right? Uh, the necessity of baptism. And that's why the church uses that strong word, mm-hmm. even in this canon, 849. It's because it's echoing Christ's words. Right. Um, he uses the word necessary. Right. Um, but we also know that God loves all and desires for them to be saved. That's yeah. what first Timothy. Um, and so we have to follow what God has revealed to us, but we're also, that doesn't mean that we can just exclude or despair about the salvation of others. God right. can work in other mysterious ways. The church says that he, uh, what is bound that we are bound to the sacraments, but that he is not, or I, I forget, he's bound himself in a way that like he will act through the sacraments. Right. And we know that. Um, but he's not bound to those same roles because he's yeah, God. Yeah, but his, his, grace, <laughs> his grace works in, in all sorts of ways that we don't mm-hmm. see. Um, and so it's hard to really speculate on that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just, just I, know that I, I know that point comes up immediately right. whenever we start talking about baptism because Jesus emphasizes its importance, its necessity so strongly. Right. And Well, can I toss in a question <clears throat> that we've got in that moment? Okay. Okay. And then we'll jump to hit a few points on the right. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. So the question we get a lot, or at least I've seen in our inbox a lot, is just that point you made. So it's necessary, right? It's important. All these things. So grandmother says, my child. Oh, the, won't, the kitchen sink? Yeah. Well, whatever it is. My, 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 so. Let's just use an example. Fran grows up, right? Has children. And Fran's like, I'm not getting them baptized. But I realize, I see like, exactly. (laughs) It all started when she drew that priest, that picture (laughs) that he he hangs in his office. um, (laughs) Says, I'm not going to baptize my child. And like, we see the necessity. Now, not looking at it as magic or being like, oh, just by them getting baptized, like it solves everything or fixes everything. Right. Because some people have that mentality. Oh, just that's, like, yeah, like, I was, I was going to go down that right. road uh, here in a little but bit. But looking in the real mentality of like, I see like the removal of original sin, like the importance that this plays in their life that sets them on a path of like being united with the, like the lover of their soul, the Lord, right? Like. And in that moment, I say, I mean, I, I des- I desire that for them, right? Right. Why? Well, two things. I've heard people say, so, so I just baptize them. No, doesn't count. No, not good. I mean, it like it would be a valid baptism, right? But it's not good. You well, should. but is it valid without the parents' permission if they actually did not know? I think so. 
Okay, I've heard I've heard some others say no, it's not because yeah. they don't have that permission from their actual biological parent, and you need that for a sacrament to be valid. I I understand the logic there, but I I think it is valid. Now I understand it if say confirmation, <clears throat> right? You have a thirteen-year-old or whatever, even a seven-year-old who says I want this, right? I understand it then, and the parents like, no, I won't give that permission. But younger than that. Really? You fall on that line? I think so. Is that yeah. is that though teaching? I don't know. We got to look at I don't that know. Up. There's a, there's a lot of this is this is a lot not, of gray areas. Not where my mind has been lately. My mind has been immersed in the Pentateuch. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been um, teaching a course on the the Pentateuch for for deacon candidates. Pentateuch um, seminarians, things like that. <laughs> Although you should be worrying if they're baptized, I guess. <laughs> yes. No, I that is part of the <laughs> thing. You have of, to verify that that they've been baptized. But yeah, the the finer points of sacramental theology are not fresh okay. with me right now, so I'm just going to make a bunch of excuses. Okay, that, so like, well, let's put that aside if it's valid or not and just say why <laughs> shouldn't they? Well, they shouldn't because <laughs> it's even if I, that child lives in original because, sin then. Because they don't have the relationship of a parent to that child. Even if they act as a parent and even if they think that like they're acting in the best interest of the child, like the parent has a certain natural authority mm. uh, that should be respected. Um, and it's just that's that's not the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Like you see a good thing. You desire that good thing, but then you choose bad means to get to it. Like right. that, that's not how we do things. Not how we do things. Um, yeah. And it can be, it can really be heartbreaking, but take that and then like, let that fuel your prayer. Say um, Monica. Boom. Yeah, exactly. That's the way. Um, but not to, because it's, it's an act of faith in God's love for them as well. Um, to do things the right way and not to try and take it into your own hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of an implicit, like, I don't know, like lack of faith, I guess, uh, to say like, this thing is so important that I'm going to do wrong things to make sure that it comes about. Right. Like that's the ends justify the means. It, it's, right? it's focusing on baptism as the, the supreme good, mm-hmm. uh, instead of, love of God right, and relationship with God as the supreme good. And if it's, it's a perfect feed into the right, because in the right also it says this, the priest says to the parents, you've asked to have your child baptized. In doing so, you're accepting the responsibility of her, him or her in the practice of the faith. It'll be your duty to bring him or her up to keep God's commandments as Christ taught us by loving God and our neighbor. Do you clearly understand what you are undertaking? Yeah. Like that is so important because they're not, they're saying it's not just this one moment. It's not a one moment thing and you're good. Like, right, right. Like this is an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing catechesis. It's a problem and a just, it is a heartbreaking thing as a minister in the church and especially a youth minister who's been around so many sacraments to see people that just treat them as a checkbox and then we're good. Baptism, check. First communion, check. Confirmation, check. We're good. We got the sacraments. Right. And it breaks my heart to know like 
Do you know what you're undertaking? You said yes to this. Were you not listening to the words? It's tough. But our world needs real Christians. Yeah. Like these things, they don't just imply conversion of life. Like they are conversion of life. Yeah. Uh, in, In agreeing for your child to be baptized or in you going to confession or in you receiving communion, like you are saying yes to allowing God to transform your life from something that is mm-hmm. not belonging to him or not fully belonging to him into something that is more fully belonging to him. Right. Like it's, yeah. And yeah, baptism is the gateway to sacraments, but it's also where we receive like the infused grace of faith, the infused theological virtue of faith, right. of faith, hope and love and the other infused moral virtues. Like, God pours his life uh, into us, and that has real consequences. Right. Um, things have to change. We have to act in accordance with that. Otherwise, we're, we're being false somehow. Right. All right, let's jump into other parts of the right. So in the beginning, they asked the, and we're not going to hit on every part, um, and, and please feel free to give little nuggets or say you don't know the qu- answer to the question that I'm going to propose within okay. it. But celebrant, what name do you give your child, right? Uh, parents answer that. Um, uh, we give Dominic Peter, right? Um, we've talked before. We had that one podcast. I, I'll have to find if I can link to it early on when we first started members, that thing, like, do you have to have a specifically oh, like, a Christian name? Like, yeah, Christian or Saint name. I think, remember, what I, was it? Remember I, I used like the name Tucker and then somebody came up to me and was like, I have a Tucker. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think it's tradition too. I don't right. think you have to. Right. Um, but it is a strong tradition, especially in places that aren't historically Catholic. Right. Um, it's a strong tradition to take a new name. Right. Like a... Like a hypothetical Saul to Paul type of thing? <laughs> no, I'm thinking more of like there are... Like I, I know someone whose name is Vu, for instance. Mm. But his baptismal name is Mark. Um, and so it's... Yeah, there's, there's kind of a, a cultural thing there where our names are not uh, historically Christian, so we're going to take a, a clear Christian historical name, like right. an evangelist. Um, but I don't think that you have to do that. Right. That's it's another thing that I'm not sure about. Right. Like how Well, obviously you don't have to because there's a lot of people who get baptized every week. With with Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> I was, it was just an example. <laughs> said, said with All such right. scorn. And then, no, it wasn't. Well, it was by you, not me. <laughs> so then the celebrant will say, what do you ask of God's church for blank? You know, well, yeah. I'll just in this case, use Dominic, my oldest son. And the parents respond, baptism. Right. Um Funny story on the first one. I don't know if like the priest ever goes over that. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Nikki says baptism and I'm like eternal life. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two options. And I'm like, is eternal life an option? Yeah. See, I knew I was right. Yeah. There you go. Well, I don't, I don't think you're more right. I think yeah, baptism yeah, definitely, is, definitely more right. It's the better. I don't yeah. know. So you've asked to have your child baptized. We read this part and doing so you're accepting the responsibility of training him in the practice of faith. Um, to keep God's commandments as Christ taught us by loving God and our neighbor. Do you clearly understand what you're taking? We do. Then you go over to the godparents. Are you ready to help the parents of this child in their duty as Christian parents, right? Now, question that comes up with godparents. Um, 
does it have to be two? Does like, could it be like you have two uncles that are like really stellar Catholics? Like, could it be two males? Could it be two females? Like, no. Okay. So, so this is what I know. I know that there's a lot more that I don't know. Right. Um, but this is what I do know. You have to have one godparent at the minimum. Okay. Uh, you can't have two official godparents. I hope I'm not like breaking somebody's uh, life right now. But you can't, you can't have two official godparents of the same sex. Oh, same okay, gender. okay. So, I thought you were going to say, I was like, wait, we definitely have a yeah, male. So you can have a godfather and a godmother. Godmother, but you wouldn't have godfather, godfather. No. But you can have, I forget what, what they call it. It's like, like a cr- it's, Christian witness or yeah, something. It's like practically they're going to fulfill the role mm-hmm. of godfather. Um, and you only have to have one godparent officially. So you could, you could do right. like, you know, the two uncles and nobody else. But one of those uncles would not be officially the godfather. Right. He'd be a Christian witness. The godfather. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. It's a big deal being godfather. It is. I've now, been, hypothetically, both, uh, you know, aunt and uncle can't make it. <clears throat> right. You can have a proxy. A proxy. Right. You can have someone stand in. Um, and yeah, that's what a proxy is. Someone who stands in. Awesome. So then what happens? Celebrant continues. The Christian community welcomes you with great joy in the name in, in its name, I claim you for Christ, our Savior, by the sign of the cross. I now trace the cross on your forehead and invite your parents and godparents to do the same. Yeah. Any nuggets there? Well, uh, it's just like this is the sign of your life now. Mm-hmm. Like um, Fulton Sheen has this, this really beautiful reflection on uh, the infancy of Christ, like Christmas, Christ in the, in the manger. Um. And he says that the the shadow of the cross was already falling on the manger. Uh, you know, Christmas is such a beautiful, mm. like the angels singing. Yeah, joy to like, the world. Yeah, they're singing the Gloria and all this stuff. But he was born um, to die. But he was born to die, exactly. And some people can hear that and go like, oh, like that's so sad. or like, But like, no, that's God's love. That's why he came. That's the whole thing is is to die out of love for us and so to bring us um, into new life. And as Christians, uh, that's our whole thing as well. Mm. <laughs> um, I've been reading Lamentations recently. Right. Uh, the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Um, really good. It, it's, it's the most intense book in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... People steer clear of it because it's in the Old Testament. And they don't just they don't read the Old Testament that much, or because it seems so depressing. Like it's lamenting the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians, right. uh, Nebuchadnezzar, five eighty six BC. Um, I, I think as a Christian, you read that, you can read that in a really spiritual way, um, and. There's just so much profundity and beauty there. Like there's a line about uh, like this, there's this lament that just feels like, you know, you're constantly being punished by the Lord. Yeah. But then there's hope within that because you know that God loves you. And so what feels like punishment is actually somehow yeah. for, for your good. It's, it's not right to think of it as punishment right. at all. Like mm-hmm. 
to flip to a different scripture in Hebrews 12, it quotes something from Isaiah. Uh, uh, I forget what chapter, but um, about how every good father disciplines his son. Right. And Hebrews too, right? Which is quoting Isaiah. Yeah, so that's Hebrews yeah. 12 yeah. from Isaiah something. Um, and <clears throat> like that's the same idea here is that is that you can get in this mindset where you see everything in your life as a gift from God, whether it looks good to other people or whether it doesn't. Yeah. Because it, you know it's for your salvation. So when we mark a child with the sign of the cross, that's what we're saying. Um, is that, yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be suffering. You're going to share in Christ's passion. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be such a deep joy because this is for your salvation. Right. The resurrection is there already. Right. So, yeah. Love it. Then we do the, uh, Lamentations three. Uh, that's the, the passage I was thinking of, by the really? way. Then we do the this celebration of the word. So we do readings and there's a homily followed by intercessions. After the intercessions, there is a prayer of exorcism and anointing before baptism. So uh, you have, uh, this is very interesting. The priest says, Almighty, ever-living God, you sent your son into the world to cast out the power of Satan, spirit of evil, to rescue man from the kingdom of darkness and bring him to the splendor of your kingdom of light. We pray for this child. Set him free from original sin. Make him or her a temple of your glory and send your Holy Spirit to dwell within him or her. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And then you anoint with the oil of salvation in the name of Christ our Savior. He strengthens you with his power, lives and reigns forever and ever. So this is the question I have because obviously one of my children was baptized in an emergency situation. Mm. Um, a lot in the emergency situations where, you know, anybody can baptize as long as they have the water and the form. Um, obviously they don't have oil and anointing. Like this is right. all within the right. So why, like, why have parts that it's like, okay, within the right, but not like, but it doesn't have to, right? Yeah. So emergency baptism, you just pour the water and say the words, mm-hmm. right? Like there's nothing else, but you're supposed to supply afterwards uh, the rest of the right. Got it. <clears throat> so it's not that it's, it's sort of necessary for the validity of that baptism mm-hmm. in that moment, but it is like, it's part of the thing. Right. Um, and so as soon as you can, if possible, yeah, uh, you have a priest come in and... He does uh, the rest, awesome. or, or a deacon can also is an ordinary minister of baptism. Awesome! I thought you were going to go down the the exorcism lane. I mean, there's so much <laughs> there, and you know we're already on minute thirty. Yeah. So I think I can do I it mean, real quick. Okay, Just, go for it. Because I, I know people hear that word and then they they think of movies. Um, yeah, they think of Emily are, Rose and heads turning and things like that. Are you saying we're not my child like, is possessed? Exactly. Um, no. So. Well, there's with original sin, <laughs> like, of. and we want all of that removed, right? So there's a, I, I've heard a theology of blessing uh, from an Eastern perspective mm-hmm. that was essentially that, that blessing is, is like reclaiming something for God's kingdom. Uh, so mm. this idea that, that there, there's not like a neutral space. You either belong to the kingdom of the world and, right. and that's the, the kingdom of the evil one. Um, or you belong to God's kingdom. Right. And so the exorcism here is, is very similar to uh, what you would do as an adult where you first renounce Satan and all his works 
and then you proclaim your faith in God. Mm. Like it's a it's a removal and a renunciation from the kingdom of the evil one, right? To prepare you to now enter into the kingdom of God. Um, Love yeah, it. End of answer. And so, but it's good to note too. There's there's another anointing later on, on yeah. the head. So same chrism. Yeah. So so the there's three we'll different get to that there's three different time, oils but, yeah. uh, that that we we use. Um, two two of them we use during the rite of baptism. One's called the oil of the catechumens, um, or the oil of salvation sometimes, um, and that's an oil that's that's been blessed. Uh, one is the oil of the sick, oil for the anointing of the sick. We don't use that during baptism, but it's also oil that's been blessed been blessed mm-hmm. the sacred chrism is oil that's been blessed but also has stuff added to it to make it smell like incense basically yeah and uh, we'll get to that it's and, awesome yeah so um, then you have the celebration of the sacrament which includes the blessing and invocation of god over the baptismal water um anything there i mean there's a yeah, ton it calls oh, on like you know the red sea blessing. and israel and like out of slavery i love it i love it <laughs> i did too i've chanted it before and <laughs> i, I bet really, it even longer <laughs> i really enjoyed it i don't know if everyone else did because uh, it is pretty long <laughs> but like it's it's like an easter vigil kind of thing you're going through the whole history of salvation yeah and every time <laughs> every time uh water is connected with salvation like back to the you know, God's spirit hovering over the waters in Genesis 1, 1 and 1, 2. Mm-hmm. And then parting the waters and like out of that chaos, bringing order um, into creation. Like all the way from that to the parting of the Red Sea. Right. <laughs> to like uh, the dry bones might even come up uh, of Ezekiel. I don't think they come up in this blessing. But, Not in this one. Yeah. But so like it seems like an Easter vigil kind of thing. Because baptism is the sacrament of Easter. This is where we enter into God's kingdom. Yeah. Uh, where we rise together to new life with Christ. Um, and so, like, yeah, it should point us back to the Easter vigil. So th- the blessing is awesome. If you ever want to do a Bible study, blessings like this are great because you can just pick all of the <laughs> the things event by event and be like, just where is that in the Bible? And yep. then go study it that way. Yep. Exactly. Then we have uh, the renouncing of sin and the profession of faith. So yep. the, do you reject Satan? I do. All of those. Do you reject all his works? Do you reject sin? So is the living freedom of God's children? Do you reject glamour of evil and refuse to be mastered by sin? Do you reject Satan, father and prince of darkness? And then you have the believe, right? Do you believe in God, the father almighty, creator of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, died, and was buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? I do. I do. Our faith of, faith of the church, we're proud to profess it in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then you have the baptism. In this, just so you know, is it says, I baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. does not have the word amen in this one. Yes. And then you move on to. Indicated. The Joey was like last episode. He was like, he's like, no, you say amen. I, I've uh, had priests say amen. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember people I say I've, amen. I think I've said amen. Okay. Before. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. 
Then you have the anointing with chrism. And yeah. this is the part where if you've ever had a baptism done by Father Edwin Leonard, he dumps about <laughs> half of the bottle of chrism on top of your child's head. And literally, I mean, it smells great, but for weeks, I'm like, what is that smell? Oh, that's the chrism. Or just, yeah. just like oil stains on your shirt <laughs> that you'll never get out and always be reminded yeah, but of it's baptism. A sacred- sacred chrism and it smells like incense that's right you have the clothing of the white garment the lighting of the uh, baptismal candle and uh then the prayers over the ears and mouth and where do you where do you light the baptismal candle from from the easter vigil candle right yes because it all points back to easter all points back to easter why do the prayer over the ears and mouth yeah the ephetha the one that it's spelled like e p h pH. <laughs> um, I mean, well, Jesus does it uh, in the Gospels. <laughs> that um, was like uh, <laughs> Jesus doing it. Yes, no, exactly. it's um, it has to do with hearing the word. Yeah, it says uh, and that, then proclaiming yeah, the word. The actual prayer says, "The Lord Jesus made the deaf hear and the dumb speak. May He soon touch your ears to receive His word and your mouth to proclaim His faith to the praise and glory of God the Father." It's beautiful. So, I, yeah, I love there's it. there's two scriptural things going. There. There's the this is a sign of the salvation that the Messiah brings. I think that's Isaiah twelve, um, maybe something like that. 11, 12. And then uh, the story these, of Jesus. These messianic signs. Yeah. That's also the scroll that he's reading in like Luke 3, I think, um, uh, where it says, today this has been fulfilled in your in your hearing. Right. Uh, these are the messianic, the things that accompany the Messiah is he does these miracles of salvation. So he's doing that for your child right now. Um, also, look at what happens with that newfound freedom of being a son or a daughter of God is now you have the ability but also the duty um, to hear the word of God, to allow it to inform your life, and to bear witness to it. Love it. Bam. Bam. So then after that, we have the conclusion of the rite, which includes the Lord's Prayer. And then one of my favorite things um, is the prayer over the father and the mother. Uh, so I thought you were going to say the pictures at the end where the priest doesn't know how to hold the baby. That's also fun to witness them holding a baby nine in like right by their chin. They're like, <laughs> so hold it afraid up, hold that it they're going to yeah, drop exactly. the baby. Now I'd rather them be more afraid than casual. <laughs> You're like one arm. It's real chill. Do the football cradle. Exactly. So the, it's, it's a beautiful thing that I don't think people realize um, of the, the celebrant first blesses the mother who holds the child in her arms and then the father. Um, it's just to me, I think great at that moment of uh, a mother who is probably suffering some postpartum and just like you're calling on, well, I'll just read it. God, the father through his son, the Virgin Mary's child has brought joy to all Christian mothers as they see the hope of eternal life shine on their children. May he bless the mother of this child. She, uh, she now thanks God for the gift of her child. May she be the one with him or her in thanking him forever in heaven in Christ Jesus our lord amen i just i just find it in a moment of of comfort of like your child's come into the church and you know um to know also it's kind of like that commissioning of like may you love your child may you take care of them may you raise them in the faith like all these things and so i yeah. think it's a beautiful ending and a wrap up of all of that baptism any final words yeah oh. 
<laughs> do it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Nike. Um, why wait? Why wait? That's that's your final word. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's. I mean, it's hard to over, uh, overestimate, oversell the importance of the mm-hmm. sacrament. Um, I guess this would be my final word, and this is true of all the sacraments. Is there is a lot more there mm-hmm. than you think is there. Hundred percent. Go read the catechism on it. Just start there. Um, or people, type in like Roman right. Like, yeah, read all of it. There's a bunch of footnotes and like yeah, you know, like things. Like of study like, the oh, right, but start with the catechism. People chronically neglect the catechism, myself included, and I'm always surprised when I remember to go back to it. Mm. How rich it is, and how easily it brings out the the sort of biblical themes. So to love it. To start with that and then looking at the footnotes and the right or the catechism or whatever biblical passage it reminds you of and yeah. then to go and to, to study those. I um, love it. It'll enrich your your understanding of your own baptism and it'll also really change the way you see a baptism uh, when you go to one um, in the future. Love it. Next up. Boom. Confirmation. Hot takes on confirmation next time. Was that only one episode on baptism? That was one episode on baptism. I love it. It feels like. So if you have some more questions, we'll do a follow-up maybe of like each sacrament on questions because it would be so long. So yeah. All right. Behalf of Joey Scancella, Father Paul Bechter, take care. God bless.